So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes, there are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find The Shared Desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The Shared Desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of view. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where... Ben. And Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on tggeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 117 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be once again joined by my wonderful co-host, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing great, Joe. Super excited to talk about the latest comic book movie that's out. It seems like we're getting so many of them these days. We're we're gonna have a very busy summer. <laughs> is there, yeah, is there a lot on the on the is there a lot on the dock for the summer? Well, isn't like next week solo? Oh God, you're right. Yeah. Yes. So we're yes. gonna have a lot of a lot of movie coverage over the next several weeks. All right, that's my that's that's like I feel like that's my wheelhouse. So I'm always excited about doing these with you. Well, and it and it's gotten to a point where as I'm leaving the movie. I'm like, okay, can't wait to talk to Ray about this. <laughs> yeah, I was, yes, I almost messaged you on Friday night after Deadpool. And I was like, ah, you know what? I should just save it. Save it for the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we're going to dive right into our weekly geekery. Both of us have been exceedingly busy, so I don't know how geeky we've been. But <laughs> well, what, what have you been up to? Uh, well, actually, so um, a week ago, uh, I celebrated um, my uh, my friend and co-worker's birthday, uh, Christian Ramirez, I think I've, I've mentioned him on the podcast before. We also share a studio uh, with our other coworker, Gloria. So we see a lot of each other. And uh, he's, you know, he, he's slowly come over to really um, enjoy the Marvel films lately, especially, I mean, to be honest, they have been getting better, I feel like. So right. it's kind of easy, you know, for people that maybe didn't have the time for 
you know, Captain America, the first Avenger, you know, I don't, I don't blame them for not really getting on board until, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and, you know, especially Thor Ragnarok and stuff. So um, he mentioned in the office uh, that Thor is, you know, his, his, probably his favorite character just based off the last couple movies, which mm-hmm. I certainly agree with and I can understand where he's coming from. And so I knew his birthday was coming up. So I did some research and um, I got him um, a, a, a hardcover graphic novel of um, Jason Aaron's, uh, the beginning of Jason Aaron's run writing Thor, God of Thunder. Okay. Um, I've heard I've heard good things about it. I've read, you know, online people kind of saying what, what a great storyline it is. And so it was something that I kind of had been wanting to check out, but I thought, you know what, this would be a good gift for Christian because, you know, he likes Thor and hopefully this will kind of like pick up where the movies left off in terms of his like enjoyment of the character. And he's just based on him raving about <laughs> the book made me want to check it out. So I started reading it this week and holy shit, it's really good. Like it's really entertaining. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So that's, so that's kind of like kind of a long way towards me, you know, geeking out about a new graphic novel, but that's basically how it happened. And um, I'm really glad I, I picked it up. Actually what happened was, the first version of the book, the first book that I ordered to gift um, was actually damaged. Uh, and, you know, Amazon's great about like replacing stuff like that. So I, I ordered a replacement that was like brand spanking you. And then it, all I had to do was just return the damaged one. And of course, I ended up reading it. Of course, of course. <laughs> it's not, not going to get sent back without being read. So I'm kind of uh, in, the, in the start of it now, but uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. So that's that's what I've been doing a lot of actually this week. Now that finals are over and the semester kind of wrapped up, one of the first things I did after getting lots of sleep is sitting down with this with this Thor graphic novel that is a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah, I I'm hoping that this summer I can kind of dedicate some time to just kept kept catching up on comic book reading because it's been so long. Like it's very much a summer thing for me. It's not something I get to do very much during the school year. Yeah, that makes sense. I think you know what you're right. This is gonna feel like a summer thing to me as well. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'm sure you don't you you agree. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like like just sitting down like quietly in my apartment reading this book with like no TV on, with like my phone like you know in the other room. Um, it it felt like I'm like wow. It felt like time traveling. It, you know, <laughs> it felt like I remember that, like this is such a familiar thing like activity you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. it's such a familiar moment for me just sitting here reading these pages and like kind of listening to like dogs barking like outside like on the street and like people walking by and stuff you know yeah yeah it's, it's this is oh yeah oh yeah this is why i fucking love this. <laughs> this this is why i'm such a geek and you know i spent so much time growing up reading these comics and why i'm so excited about these movies like it's a nice reminder that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I miss it, and I'm I'm looking forward to being able to do it more. I what I'm planning to do is actually because I'm I am going to be returning this book uh, to get my money back, but um, I'm I'm planning to move forward from this book because I definitely am going to want to read books two and three and four and so on um, digitally, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm curious to see what that's going to be like. I know you read a lot of your comics digitally, correct? I do. Yeah. In fact, I'm, yes. I'm waiting for the summer and I'm, I've got, I've got a couple of things I have to read, but you know, soon. And so once I'm done with that, I'm going to probably subscribe to the, the Marvel unlimited again, 
because okay. they they have you know before you could only pay for like a year subscription it was like hundreds of dollars I'm like I can't but um, <laughs> but I think they have like a sixty dollar option that doesn't give you all the bells and whistles and that's all I need is just to be able to read the the books. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm I'm really uh, inspired by how you manage to fit your geekery into your like busy life because you don't like for me it's like if I don't have time to read comics you know or or get out to a film that's about it for me but like you do like you listen to books on the way to work um, you watch a lot of TV you know what I mean mm-hmm. you find you you manage to do that and like fit it into your schedule and stuff so that's something that I have to that, that's one of the reasons why I'm looking at at doing the digital comic stuff just because I feel like, oh, maybe it'll be something that, you know, I can just do on the go whenever. Like, I don't have this comic with me, but I can look it up online. Yeah. yeah. Well, and having the digital the digital um, comics help with um, storage issues or or with a, a right. spouse who does not like clutter and questions <laughs> when you bring geeky things into the house, how much he's going to have to be exposed to it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking now, like I travel a lot for work and one of the pains for me is like lugging around two or three graphic novels that by the time I'm flying back home, like I've already read, they're just de- dead weight in my, in my bag, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, having it online, like accessible like that is going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, so speaking of, of your your how you manage to fit geekery into your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um well I I feel like this week has been mostly theater geeking out because I'm um I, I'm trying well, we just finished our, our spring show and it went really well and I I'm gonna toot my own horn here a little bit just because um, I did very little with this production. Basically we, we do the big musical in February, but then May is kind of like the class show where everybody who's in my elective gets a part. And so yeah. I have to find these like shows with casts of thousands so that everybody has some sort of substantial something and all, oh. it, yeah. And all it really ends up being is, um, Nobody gets any substantial anything. So I think I'm going to change yeah. how I do that next year, which is a whole nother conversation for another day. But um, the result was I had basically three one-act plays with lots of different scenes in them. Mm. And and I got to meet with each couple or group or scene like once before this week. And then we practiced the full run-through of the show twice, and that was it. Like that's what we had time for. And so basically with me, these kids practiced their scenes three times and I had people coming up and saying, obviously it's not on the scale of the musical, but one of the best shows that I've put up in a long time. Wow. So that's not me. That's just me like giving (laughs) them direction and go, go rehearse and them not having anything to do, but rehearse with their partner. And kind of already having a little bit of that, I think, built-in knowledge of what to do on stage at this point. Yeah. So, um, so it's been a very big theater-heavy week for me, and and along with that, I'm trying to pick my musical for next year because um, when I was doing in the Heights, the they, they my school hired a a tech person. I may have mentioned this on on the show before, but he. 
he came up to me and he says, Hey, you know, I'm here to teach film classes and I'm, I'm doing all this technology stuff for the school. He goes, but I love theater and it's my first love. And, um, do you need help building sets? And I said, absolutely. So he kind of took over the set building and we ended up with an amazing set. So then two weeks before the show, he kind of leans over while we're like, you know, I'm like holding something up while he's drilling into the, you know, the set to put it together. And he goes, "Uh, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes or say anything, but I, I've been an assistant choral director before. Do do you need a musical director for next year? And I'm like, what angel bestowed you upon my life? (laughs) Because not only can you build sets, but you can be my musical director next year. So next year, I was planning on doing um, Bring It On, which was going to be an ambitious yeah. project. <laughs> it was going to be an ambitious project. I wasn't sure about the the casting because we don't have a, a large African-American population at my school. Right. And um, so I was a little worried about that. Um, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in the um, stick-to-itiveness of the girl who was going to um, – help me with the cheerleading choreography and right, right. then and then my my now musical director comes up and he's like I've listened to it and it's not speaking to me mm. and I'm like this is our first collaboration I want it to speak to you so that we can both be excited about it so what are some of our other options so I have literally been listening to nothing but musical theater <laughs> on my 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 hour and a half drive one way to to work every day this week <laughs> And I'm going a little loopy, Ray. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I feel like my coworker Jason would be would love to do that job for you. <laughs> no, I know you have to listen to him, but <laughs> uh, and, and it and it sucks because it's the same thing I've been talking to you the last couple of weeks about, like the Dresden Files and the Iron Druid and, and other things that I'm fan of. Like, I'll listen to it and I'm like, I can't do that in 2018. Like, it, it, it's uh, not right. like. There, there are so many obstacles for me doing these shows. There's like, you know, one of my absolute favorite shows, I was the lead of it when I was in college, um, was I played Albert and Bye Bye Birdie. It's an old 50s show. It's kind of like <laughs> analogous to, to Elvis going off to, to World War II. And and I'm listening. Is it, to, is it the same thing as a movie? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. And so I'm listening to it and I'm like, okay, it's outdated with the whole like getting pinned and like stuff that the kids are going to have to find a way to relate to. And then yeah. it gets to the song Spanish Rose because there's this whole like, there's this whole story arc where the guy wants to marry the girl, but the girl is a Latina and his mother is racist. And she basically says, fine, you're going to be racist? Do you think I'm Spanish? I'll be Spanish. And then pulls out every Latin stereotype you could possibly think. I'm like, I can't put this up. Like, I can't I can't do this show and feel good about myself. Yeah, yeah. The goggles are off, man. The goggles you are see- off, and it's, it, it, it's, it's hindering my ability to do my job. Right. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Once the goggles are off, it hinders the ability to like exist and walk around. Oh my you know god! I mean? and, it, and it's and, and so I'm looking at like a lot of this, and then I've got the, the the problems of it. It's a high school production, so I can't do a lot of the more modern stuff because it's just flat out not appropriate for school. Like I'm not going to yeah. put rent up on my stage. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, there's just no like yeah. I just can't. So. Um, <laughs> So I, I we, we've gotten it down to three 
three different things that we're thinking about. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at how to succeed in business without even trying. Do you know this show at all? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I, I'm not, I haven't read it, seen it or read it. And I'm looking, I'm like, and it's, it's very much of that Mad Men era and, yeah. and the misogyny is strong. And yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is this something I can do? Like, it would be a good show. It's the first show that I've started seeing kind of come together in my head as we're doing it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm messaging former students. I'm like, I know you, you're really into social justice stuff and like, <laughs> give me your opinions. I'm asking everybody because I don't want, I don't want to put up a show where people are like, wow, this is really offensive. Good job, old white guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is it. That's so interesting. It brings up a couple of points for me that one, it's hard for me, like as much as I love to discuss politics and like social justice and that kind of thing, it, it's, I, I'm at a point where I almost am reluctant to have a conversation with somebody that doesn't have the goggles off yet because it's such a different conversation when, you know, when you're talking to people that don't go, what's, what's wrong with Spanish Rose? Like, what, what are you talking about? You know, like they just don't even see it. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's not about how do we address these things or what's a thoughtful way to, to you know, live right, right. <laughs> and do our jobs. It's more having to prove to someone something that should be right in front of their face. Um, and the other point that I think of is representation and how, how important that is, not just for, you know, and all the different ways that it's, that representation is important because just listening to you, you know, trying to find a uh, material that you feel is is going to be appropriate and is going to be enjoyable and whatnot. Um, someone like Lin Manuel Miranda becomes extremely important, mm-hmm. not just for the shows that he's putting on, but even for teachers and you know uh, uh, people in this industry at all levels because he's making the kind of stories that you're like, yes, this is representational, this is inclusive. You know what I mean, right? This, this is the kind of thing that um, everyone can be a part of, and it, it's 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 built into the the story. Yeah, you just got to find some more of those guys. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and and that's the thing, and and a lot of these shows are are making really good points about this stuff, and I and that's that's the sad thing. A lot of the shows that we're looking at were making really good points about this stuff back then. Yeah, but times have changed so much that they've lost their they've they've lost that that ground like they like they were they were innovative for back then but we're not back then anymore and so now when you put it there all the flaws come through and you know what not that this helps you out any but it comes in waves and i feel like we have um a generation that is growing up on you know in the heights and um hamilton Mm -hmm. And so maybe like right now, because because it seems like you're looking for shows that are somewhat like well known, you know, somewhat known, and and also you know kind of fit the criteria you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm sure you you if you you could find a needle in a haystack if you were willing to look at like more obscure stuff or, or newer, <laughs> hence, newer shows. Hence my adventures in musical theater this week. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's it's funny because i just like i'll get like halfway through a, a an album and then i'll hit a song and i'll be like nope next like like there's yeah. like, you just never know where it's gonna be there's been a couple that it, at least it'll be in the first song i'm like there's no way i can do the song i'm done um yeah but a lot of it's 
you know, I am looking at for more obscure stuff, but then when you look at more obscure stuff, then the resources to help me as a teacher yes. put it on are, are more limited as well. Yes. Yes. This kind of reminds me of like, I feel like when I got out of art school, I was, um, you know, I grew up in Boyle Heights and, um, was making work that was about my culture and my family's history or whatnot. Um, as a lot of artists were doing, you know, uh, um, in the communities that I grew up in. Um, but it, it was at the time, you know, obviously I was really lucky to be able to go to art school and go to a private, you know, BFA program like LCAD and receive like a lot of training that just, you know, really isn't accessible for a lot of communities of color that just, you know, aren't, aren't able to afford it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I was making the work, uh, uh, that I was making after school, um, it was, it, I stood apart because, I was trained and I was like executing like representational work and realistic work, you know, at a certain level. Um, and I think that kind of helped me to stand out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now I was like almost like an anomaly, you know, mm -hmm. not that my, my stories were better or my art was inherently better or anything like that, but it was just, Oh, look like that's, you know, that looks different. And it was because of my training. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I look around, you know, and I'm feeling really old. <laughs> more and more lately but i look around and i'm so excited to see like all these young um uh latinx artists that are making you know really that, that are that are making artwork and and they're trained and you can see the training and you can see the chops that they have and it's because this kind of education is becoming more accessible mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and, and and it's being kind of spread out more and it's just amazing where I was like, wow, at first, you know, when, when I was coming up, if somebody wanted that kind of look or whatever in their show, I was the one that they went to, you know? Yeah. And now there's so many options. There's so many really good young artists that are like really inspiring to me that are making this kind of work that can, you know, have that tool of representational work or, or realistic, uh, you know, kind of technique in their, in their toolbox, um, and so I feel like where right now you're going like, damn, you know, like, uh, uh, in the Heights was great. Where's the next in the Heights, you know? And I feel like it's, it's coming, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's just, it's totally like in the, like right now, like somebody's, you know, inspired to, to go to school, to study this or whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I think, I think the way I'm going to handle this one is, is it is down to three. I'm going to talk to the musical director about, about how to succeed and say, you know, is there a way we can do this without sending the message to um, the women in our program that it is, um, you know, I, I heard, I heard somebody, he, he brought up when we were trying to pick different shows that somebody did uh, guys and dolls out here um, and, <laughs> and they got hashtagged me too. Oh yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah, Cause that's, I mean, it is, it's like, yeah, and that's, so, a, that's what it's all about. Like, yes. And so I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, and we, and there's also that idea of like, this is history and this did happen and this mm -hmm. is the way it is. So we don't want to completely hide that. So we're going to look at it. We're going to, I think, bring in a couple more opinions. I, the, the overwhelming set of opinions is, is if you handle it well, it can be a, a microscope and not a um not something that's giving permission yeah and so yeah. And I'm, that's what we're going to kind of try and investigate a little further this week is 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 this something that <laughs> that we can do without offending people but still giving the kids a good musical theater experience 
yeah, it's a fine line you're trying to walk, and I, I applaud you for, <laughs> for doing that. I also wonder, like, I don't know what your audience is. I mean, it'd be, I feel like it'd be one thing. I don't know. Like, do you, like, do you, do you feel like maybe your audience would be because it's their children and because they're, you know, so obviously excited to be working on these productions in the end and putting on these shows. Is that a kind of thing where it's like their understanding of, yeah, you know, like this is, this is a, 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 our options are limited and these are the stories that, you know, we had to tell kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think the fact that this is going to be so completely different than what we just did. I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda versus How to Succeed, so completely different in style and aesthetic in, um, just everything yeah. all the way is very much a dance show, which, you know, I've yeah. got a choreographer who also is very into social justice. So I was kind of like, you know, only a few of the students know what what other shows we're looking at, uh, you know, what mm. shows in general we're looking at. And so I told her and she's going to spend the weekend kind of looking into it and everything. And I kind of warned her. I'm like, I, I know that this is an issue with this show and I'm very interested to hear what your take is. And so um, part of the the good thing about all of this is that it's starting conversations. Um, I think it's going to start converse. If we go forward with it, I think it's going to carry those conversations through. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if it is, if it is creating these conversations, I think maybe it's not a bad thing. We just have to be very careful how we put it up because we don't want to be looked at as condoning, like, sexual harassment in the workplace because that's basically what i mean there's yeah. Ray, there's a song called a secretary is not a toy oh my god oh my god so that's so i feel like i feel like the i feel like the misogyny in this kind of hinges on that song and how you present that song and if you listen to the lyrics you can see that it's kind of it's kind of saying you know this is wrong and this shouldn't be going yes. on but it's so cheeky and it's almost like wink, wink. It sounds like. Yeah. And so we've got to make sure it's not wink, wink. And so that's going to have to be a big conversation we have moving forward. A lot of drama teachers I've talked to in, in various groups I, I work with um, have said that there are ways around it and you have to really just kind of educate the, the women coming into the, the show and saying, all right, how, how are we going to do this so that we are not broadcasting that this is okay. Yeah. 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 Tell me about it. That's it's funny because Mad Men kind of walked that line where they they showed how misogynistic that era and that those environments were. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a lot of ways, it was it was kind of a feminist show because of, you know, the, 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 the spotlight, the strong female characters. And it showed their lives and how their reality and how they dealt with that you know what i mean and how they were subject to all that yeah and that's and that's um, what i'm hoping to kind of tap into a little bit for this if that's the direction we go these these are the things people don't realize guys when you go to see a high school production and you talk about oh well they didn't do this right or this wasn't very good like and you're <laughs> you're criticizing the the production as compared to what you've seen on broadway just realize that this is what us drama teachers have to go through right right there's a lot there's a lot that has to be taken into consideration. You're, you're, and I mean, with with the size of the cast, I never thought about, you know, something you mentioned earlier, which was, you know, I want to make sure that they have a huge cast so that you know there's parts for everyone. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, my God, he's directing an Infinity War every semester. (laughs) 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 He's he's having to juggle Civil War like every semester. Good God. It's true. It is very true. (laughs) And uh, and I was very lucky that this year I had I had a good team of Avengers behind me. So it was good. So with all this going on, you're you're not listening to your your normal literature that you listen to on the way to work. Are you do you get to squeeze in like some TV shows? Are you watching anything? Like I, I've been able to watch uh, Lost in Space so far, but and, and, what are you watching? Um, I, I watched the the series finale of. Oh, actually, maybe we haven't watched it yet. We're ready. We're waiting to watch the series finale of Lucifer because it's been canceled, and okay. it's sad when you look at something and go, you know, it was time. <laughs> I love that show so much, but the the central conceit is this kind of weird, uh, you know, we love each other but not really thing between Chloe and Lucifer. And mm-hmm. this season, I liked everybody but Chloe. I feel like Chloe didn't have any characterization beyond Lucifer's like desire. Like, uh, like she was Lucifer's love interest, and that was basically it. She was kind of a pawn that got played between all the different characters, and and to me, it was like I liked the stories about all the other characters more than I liked the central story. So it it was time. Yeah, it's like that Ross Rachel thing, man. Like it only it only it only uh, uh, pr- provides certain you know uh, um, how do I put it after after a while it's it's diminishing returns you know yeah that and um and secret identities like those are the two stories i just don't want to see them anymore like Mm -hmm. like either get together in a relationship or don't and just tell everybody it's gonna make things less complicated like those are the (laughs) those are the two things i want tv to do from now on Uh, yeah yeah that's that's struggle to get through in shows where it's like there's an obvious answer and they're just not doing it for drama mm -hmm. um and then the other show that we we got finished with for the season but we're waiting to see if it's going to be renewed and we're so hoping it's going to be is timeless ray oh my god timeless oh Oh, my god timeless hold on i'm writing it down okay (laughs) (laughs) go it is i mean do you know the premise of this this i don't think i've heard of this okay i don't think i've heard of it 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 was the one show that got canceled last year and then brought back like they like the the um, the big fan push actually worked and they're like, Oh, okay. Okay. We'll put it up for another, another season. But um, it was, it's basically the idea that there is a organization that is going through time, trying to change it to kind of further their agenda. And I mean, like scary fascist kind of stuff. And then there's another group that is going and trying to stop them. So every week they go to a different place in history and they, they do something to try and make sure that it doesn't get changed. And so, you know, they, they've talked about um, all sorts of like, it's very, it's very good at looking at our history and what it really was and who was really important and little things about different people you never knew. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's fascinating and the cast is amazing. And then, um, and I think it was T Morris 
from um, well, I'm just gonna say from the interwebs, but he's been on this show. <laughs> he's an author. He he has several podcasts of his own. You can hear him advertising his show at the end of this one. Um, he and I are both huge Timeless fans, and and I think he said it best when he said, "You can see that the cast now that they were renewed for a second season." had so much more confidence and their performances were so much stronger. And now we're just waiting for the news, whether or not there's going to be a third season. And they left on such a cliffhanger that I am going to be crushed if they don't get renewed. And it's been like a week and nobody has said whether they're renewed or not. Oh my God. Let me dive in. (laughs) Let me know if they get renewed. Yeah. I'm not going to have you start it if they don't get renewed because that would just be cruel. But it, it ended on such a cliffhanger. Anybody who wants to direct message me and talk timeless, I am I am there. <laughs> that's cool. That that feels like um, that feels like an, a story idea that has kind of seen, you know, we've seen certain iterations in comics and and books and stuff. Um, that's kind of that's pretty ambitious to build a TV show around that idea because I mean, traveling to different times and stuff like there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Well, and the the pilot of the time machine is uh, is African American, and he he basically says in the first episode that they're trying to convince him to to take them back in history. He's like, you don't understand. There is no time in history where I am going to have yeah. a good time of it. Like you, yeah. you don't understand what you're asking me to do. Okay, I'm gonna have to check this out. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> really good. Cool. So, so so wait. So you watched? You caught up? You watched the season finale? I watched the season okay. finale of that. Mind blown. Mind. Oh, cool. Blown. Like I, I wanted. I was so upset that I. I would have been upset if it had just ended there, and I knew it was going to be renewed because then I would have to wait the entire summer to see the next episode. But yeah. now that we don't know if it's going to be renewed or not, it's one of like six shows <laughs> that hasn't been told whether it's being renewed or not it's, it's driving yeah. me nuts like i check every day yeah oh man so so now you're like i hope i have this thing to look forward to at the end of the summer exactly as opposed to oh no i have to wait yeah wow cool you have you have so much you you're like i'm just in awe of like how much patience you have for the for the shows that you watch like you're so giving you're so you know what i mean like you just like you'll stay with the show because you want it to be good and you can see the potential in it and you know to have these canceled will be really tough on fans well i mean it's there's been so many that have been canceled and i'm like no but it, yeah. you just kind of have to you kind of have to hope and you have to give them their their numbers yeah. like if you don't if you're not watching it's certainly not going to succeed yeah yeah it's like uh when you know there was a certain creative team that i loved on on a certain comic book title back in the day and then be, you know before they even got to really get their story you know going their change to a different creative team you know like damn it <laughs> <laughs> like, i was digging their take on these characters yeah yeah yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to talk about Deadpool. And you had the very cryptic response of, I have I have thoughts, and I want to know what they are. <laughs> so we're going to be right back to find out what those are. I'm Void. And I'm Beach, And together, we're the geek to geek podcast Well, we make it. 
it is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Comics. Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box, each week, right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. And we're back. And I just want to throw out there a couple of things. I know that um, Rob is going to be publishing his last uh, last episode of the Comic Box this coming week. Episode 100 will go live. And, uh, and so go ahead and check him out. Uh, he's not going away completely. He is going to come back and uh, do our weekly Geekery podcast, which we're very excited about getting started. And his episode 98 is kind of a, a, a secret little pilot. So if you want to go in here, me and uh, Rob, Katie from Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and Void from the Geek to Geek podcast, go, go check out episode 68 of the comic box because that's kind of what he will be doing after a little bit well well deserved and well earned uh break that he's going to take i think over the summer and if we can my hope is that we'll get him to do his uh prep episodes with us uh because he's usually so good about kind of previewing a movie a comic book movie before we all go see it kind of yeah get us set up for what we're looking for (laughs) and um and he did have a wonderful conversation on episode sixty or ninety eight, where or ninety nine rather, where he cast everybody as the Avengers, everybody on the network. I caught a little bit about that on Twitter. I think yes, because well, he challenged us to do the same thing, <laughs> and uh, I, I threw out there that um, that Void was was Nick Fury because he kind of brought us all together. And Beige is uh, Captain America because he's you know got so he's so inspiring with with running shoes TV and and just in general. Um, Rob is Iron Man because he creates all sorts of fun things on Slack and posts them for us so that we can get through the day. Uh, <laughs> Katie is Hawkeye because she's kind of the the grounded heart of the group, and we both absolutely obsess about Jeremy Renner. So I knew she wouldn't have a problem with being Hawkeye. <laughs> Uh, since Chelsea is in Ireland, she's our our mysterious international host. So, um, so she's she's out there being Black Widow. Nice. Um, I cast myself as the Hulk because while I I present myself as very mild mild manner, I'm really just always angry. 
Oh my God, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> See, like a lot of people, anybody who actually knows me, they're like, yup. Um, at Ray, we cast, I cast you as Thor because you're not on Slack with all of us. So you don't, don't join in the conversations, but I, so that kind of makes you feel like you're off of having your own adventures. Oh, I was going to say I'm on Asgard or, or, or I'm making sense of the infinity. Zone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you do join us on Slack, I expect it to be, um, heralded by Bifrost and, uh, and be as impactful as Thor's entry into infinity war. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> afraid to say anything <laughs> hashtag join uh join slack, join slack. <laughs> <laughs> so deadpool um i watched it yesterday and i so much squeeing ray like i couldn't possibly have squealed enjoy more yeah you, this is the x-men universe we all deserve but yes getting. <laughs> it's exactly what i was like I, I left that show going okay forget all the other x-men movies let's just yes. have 20 deadpool movies and let them just cover the x universe that way yeah yeah which you can kind of see they're kind of like wishing as well they're you know they they can't how how much harder can can they hint at that with that that one shot which is like my favorite shot of the whole film well before we talk about that shot i'm going to uh i'm going to remind everybody this is a spoiler cast we are not going to hold back anything we are going to tell everything that happens in this show so make sure that if you haven't seen it that you pause come back to us after you've seen it and you should go see it like 50 times because it's amazing spoilers yeah a lot of the jokes um I really enjoyed built off of jokes that started in the first film. And mm-hmm. so this, this particular scene that I really loved um, was one of them where in the first film, he talks about why only Colossus is present at the X mansion. And uh, what is it? A nega, nega. I, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> nega, Sonic teenage warhead. That's what it is. That one, um, yes. So, which I love, I fucking love that name, but, um, he makes this joke about, well, you know, what's the matter? Can't the studio afford any other X-Men? Like, is, why, why is everyone, why is this place so empty? And so he starts riffing on that same joke in this film. Uh, and you're going along, and I'm laughing because it's still funny. And then you get that shot of, like, the entire X-Men, like, slowly closing the door behind him. He doesn't see any of them. And, like, I, Brilliant. Like, I, yeah, it was so good. I, like, I yelped out loud, like, in the theater. Um, I saw Beast. I'm going to have to see this this movie again, but I saw Beast. I saw Quicksilver, and I saw someone in a wheelchair, but I couldn't tell who was playing. Oh no! It was the whole. It was the whole class. It was the whole cast. Oh, that's. I don't, awesome. I don't know if it was actually all of the the actual actors, but mm-hmm. it, it was the entire cast. It was like okay. they had Storm in there. They had uh, Nightcrawler in there. I don't know that, that they had awesome. Mystique in there. Yeah. It's just like please, please, you know, and then the way. Again, spoilers. The way they did, uh, they handled Juggernaut, I thought was great. Oh my god! Okay, so that's what, uh, like, more than anything else, Ray. Um, I think you talked about how you almost cried during Wolverine or X Men Two when Wolverine kind of did the whole like he went all out. Oh yeah, and just yeah, had that moment. Berserker, yeah, rage in the mansion when it gets attacked. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I had that sure. same moment when I realized that Colossus, who is my favorite X-Men of all time, was going to fight Juggernaut. And they did yeah. the bus. Like, if you Google, I'm pretty sure if you Google Colossus and Juggernaut right now, the classic Juggernaut hitting Colossus with a bus is going to be one of the pictures that comes up. It, like, it's iconic. 
Nice. I was so happy. Like I was like my my husband put his hand on my leg because I was like freaking out so much. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I. It's funny how they. It, I'm really interested in how they're handling these characters because the this is obviously a Deadpool cable domino centric story and those characters are handled a certain way like cable and and domino are updated from their comic book versions Mm -hmm. and all yet when they include colossus and juggernaut they're not updated they're very much like almost a hundred percent comic book versions of those characters. And I think that's really, those are interesting choices that they're making there. Yeah. You know, they're saying like these characters have space in this story as they were always intended in the comic books. And it's part of the aesthetic of the movie that, because it adds the kind of the cheekiness of the, of Colossus's straight man kind of role. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That, Oh look, we're taking this seriously. You know, and in, and in taking it seriously, we're making it's becoming a joke. Because overall, it it is a serious story. Like, it, yeah, it's it's not fluff. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, what was what what was your? We got ahead of ourselves with a couple of moments that we really liked. Um. Yes. What was your your overall reaction? Like your takeaway or, or whatnot? Well, I I think I said it in in that we just need constant Deadpool movies, and that's how we need to explore the X universe because that it 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 is the it is the X movie that we have wanted forever. Yeah, yeah. How about um, you? So you liked it? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, the, I I I very rarely go see movies more than once. I really want to go see it again. Yeah, I'm all in for this universe and for how whatever whether it's because I know Ryan Reynolds was co-writer on this one, mm-hmm. um, but this take on these characters, I feel like it's movies. It's 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 an MCU version that is still faithful to the comic books mm-hmm. and like instantly at the end of this movie, I'm like, well, the the Fox's X universe or, or X Men franchise is obsolete. Yeah, it's just that's it. It's done. That being said, I felt like this was definitely a part two. Um, and kind of some of the, the problems that come with a part two, usually that sequels are known for, I think were evident in this film. Um, but that's still like, I feel like, um, that still makes it better than like any X-Men movie yes, seen, yes. you know, save for, for moments here and there that I loved in those X-Men films that I think were more of the time of like, oh my God, I've never seen this character on screen. That's why I love this moment mm-hmm. more than the take on those X-Men characters, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, you know, usually sequels are, um, well, well, let me, let me go over, cause of course I made notes like a good, you know, a movie reviewer would, um, I thought overall, I thought it was an easy watch, which I, that's, you know, that's like an underrated quality yeah. <laughs> for a lot of these, you know, DC, are you paying attention? Um, <laughs> it was an easy watch. Like you just, I just sat and just enjoyed it and just allowed the, the story to unfold and the characters to do their thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, that in and of itself was nice. It was great. And um, I think more, you know, superhero movies could learn from that. Um, I did think that the, the, the comedy was broader than in the first film. Yeah. I feel like in the first film, the comedy was more pointed 
Like they knew that they were aiming. Maybe it's because of nerves. Like they were thinking like, damn, we have to nail this type of comedy. Are people going to accept it? whatnot? But after the success of the first one, they probably felt like, oh, we can just make a bunch of jokes. And it felt this one felt more like they were just throwing everything at the wall, hoping something would stick, you know? Yeah. Um, which again, a lot of comedy sequels, a lot of comedy sequels kind of suffer from that same thing. Right. Um, I did feel, I, you know what? I was looking for a Lee, a Lee Field or Lee Field, however you want to pronounce it, a cameo throughout the film, but I didn't see one. Did you? Well, they, the, I, I didn't see one and I can't imagine. I mean, they ripped him apart. <laughs> he's all in on these movies though. He was promoting it on his Instagram. Like he's psyched about all these he, he was talking about Shatterstar, about Cable. Uh, you know, I, I think he's he's in on the joke. I, I hope so, because I hope that – I mean, because we're not nice to him. And that, <laughs> and that, does, that, does, that does say a lot about his character, because if, if, he can, if he can laugh at himself and laugh at all of this stuff, then that, that makes him – oh, my God, Ray, yeah. you're, making me, you're making me appreciate Rob Liefeld. That's not <laughs> – I don't know how I can handle this. <laughs> That's not me. That's Deadpool too. These movies are so good. These are his, his characters. If you think about it, Deadpool's his character. Yeah, yeah. But you've mm-hmm. had a lot of people to to fix him <laughs> over the years. So I I made a note that says um, the characters were a little bit shallow, and then kind of dot dot dot. True to comics? Yes. yes. Okay, so here's my – like since we're on Liefeld – because we have to have a Liefeld section of this because it's (laughs) – my favorite line in it is when he's talking about to Domino and she's like, my power is being lucky. And he's like, what kind of superpower is that? That sounds like it came up with – it sounds like it was uh, thought up by somebody who can't draw feet. Best line in the movie. And the fact that I'm, and of course all the promo material I'm looking at, I'm like where are the pouches where are the pouches there's no pouches yeah. but they like brilliantly distill all the pouches down to a friggin fanny pack that cable yeah. holds and I'm like it can't possibly have been done any better they didn't have to ruin the aesthetics of the character but still made a a pouch joke. Yeah, and I, and I have to tell you, as a high school teacher, they are freaking coming back, and they need to not. <laughs> oh yeah, they are. Oh yeah, I have friends that rock fanny fanny packs for sure. Rock them or just <laughs> really, really rock them? I mean, you know, it's it use in their words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, so I did think the characters were a little bit shallow. Um, I did feel like they tried to shoehorn in a couple of really dramatic moments and, and it just made the pace kind of uneven for me, you know, yeah, but, I would agree with that. I over, but overall, you know, it's, it's fun. Like that's like such an important quality in these films. Like that's, I think that's Marvel's like secret weapon over everything is that it's fun. Yeah. You know, and if you, and I don't think you could, I don't think anyone, anyone would describe Batman versus Superman as fun. Um, no. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I want to focus on a couple of of moments that I really liked. Um, definitely, Domino was a highlight for me, and it, I don't know if this could be seen as a as a bad, but we didn't get enough of her. Like, I really, really want more of that character. Yeah, I'm hoping she yeah. plays a predominant role in Deadpool three, which you know there will be. Yeah, and I just loved her because I'm like, how. 
it's one thing to kind of have Deadpool. He's, his personality so dominant. You know, obviously, it's his movie. He's going to make all the jokes. He's going to interact with the audience, that sort of thing. And then you have Cable, which you could tell from the beginning was set up to be the straight man, which I think is a perfect take on Cable. Like, those comics took themselves so seriously that they became ridiculous, right, you know, right. in hindsight. Um, and I thought that's exactly what needed to be done with Cable. He's extremely serious. He never smiles he, in the whole movie. You know, like it's that that's him. And I think, okay, that dynamic between them two, even from the from the marketing materials, it it like I was excited about that. And then I was like, how how are they gonna fit Domino into this? And it was just the she had like a, a perfect like nonchalance to her character. Like almost like she was there and she really like couldn't be bothered with, you know, all the ridiculousness go, ridiculousness going on. Mm-hmm. And she was a badass and she just was like unaffected. And I thought that was a really nice like third wheel to the dynamic that Cable and Deadpool had going on. I'm very true to the kind of concept of the character, but not necessarily her portrayal because i feel like in in the comics domino is one of those characters that so many people have done so many things with that you kind of can't find the character in there anymore yeah yeah that's true yeah um and i honestly like i at first i was kind of bothered by their visual take on the character but it it, like it's seamless in the movie like you don't even think about it like and i actually like that it's not such like a huge visual pun like it is in the comics Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know it's it's underplayed and i think they you're right it's like their takes on these characters it's like they're they're able to just find the mo- most essential qualities and then go, okay, what can, what do we need to get rid of? Like, what's the thing that's going to, you know, hurt this version of the character more than help. And I think so far they've been successful with that. Um, God, I love the way they, they, uh, they handled uh, X-Force. Okay. Can, can we, first of all, can we talk about the cameos in this? Um, yeah. Have you looked at the IMDB <laughs> DB page? No, I haven't. Okay, so apparently... I'm seeing this again because I know I missed a lot. Okay, apparently the two rednecks when Cable shows up are Matt Damon and Alan Tudyk. What? Yes. No. According to according to IMDb. I don't know how accurate it is, but that's what it says. I was cracking up at their conversation. <laughs> which was like pretty much which was the embodiment of potty humor. Yes. <laughs> and then and then the vanisher in his short moment is Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh yeah. I knew that. I didn't know I, that. I, I, that. I was one. like, I know that's probably somebody <laughs> famous. I have no idea who it is because it flashes. <laughs> yeah, fast. yeah. That was Brad Pitt. I saw that one. <laughs> the vanisher. The oh vanisher. Like, and that's why I was, people were people were like every time we saw the vanishers, uh, parachute harness, like every time the audience was just roaring. Like it was so ridiculous. <laughs> It's so well played. Yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely. They, I, I love that the normal guy. What was his name? Joe, no, his name was Peter. Joe. What is it? Uh, Peter. <laughs> I. Oh man, I really. And, and then he goes back and saves them, which is nice. But uh, <laughs> I just love how they handled X Force. I love that it, they made. Like, you know, I was wondering. I wonder if fanboys are going to be pissed at like how they handled some of these characters. The fact that they're just taking it so far that they're totally just like demolishing like every expectation. I, I love it. Like, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm one of those people who, if you get rid of one of my characters that I love for no good reason, I, I am very angry and bitter again, <laughs> the Hulk always angry. Yeah. Um, but 
the uh, the the fact that they used it for comedy and I, I mean like Shatterstar was perfect like it yeah you couldn't have made him any any better like like that is the that is the best the character is going to be so just let him die <laughs> like you and you know what is Shatterstar Shatterstar is such a ridiculous character that if you are a huge fanboy of Shatterstar and you were super psyched to see him in this film and you are upset at how they handled him you you're getting what you deserve. <laughs> He's a ridiculous character. Even his description, his own description of himself. I'm like Deadpool, but I do everything better. Everything's better than you. (laughs) (laughs) Which is basically like the character in the comics. It's just like, what? Really? I mean, he he is an LGBTQ (laughs) character. So I do, I do, you know, feel like, you know, we don't have enough of those. But Shatterstar is one I'm willing to to let go of. Um, I really liked how they handled Cable. I thought Josh Brolin was like perfect as Cable, actually. And I really loved that they pointed out that Ryan Reynolds is taller than Josh Brolin. Yes. <laughs> that was one of those jokes in there. He's 5'11", not at all like the comics. Because in the comics, Cable's towering, like huge. Of course, everyone in Rob Liefeld's comics is like seven foot. Right. You know? <laughs> that, that's kind of so the that average. That's where they start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, look at those X Force lineups, those drawings, those full body X Force drawing uh, uh, lineups, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, he he did really well. I, I I just love this franchise's take on these characters, and um, his he had kind of like a Terminator vibe to him, uh-huh. right? Like coming from the future, and they didn't say a lot about him. His character just kind of showed up out of nowhere. Um, and he was like, obviously like seeking vengeance for something. He had like this ominous, like foreboding kind of quality every time we would see Cable before he, he actually confronted Deadpool. Yeah. Um, and it was just cool to see like how badass he was. Like his fight scenes were awesome. <laughs> I thought that was really cool how they showed like his like ferocity, you know, in those fights. Cause Deadpool's all just laughs even in the middle of like slicing someone's arm off. Like he's making a joke. Yeah. And yeah. like Cable is just like all business. And, and it was it was done and handled like there was a little bit of the '90s cartoon aesthetic. I thought with the way the time yeah. travel worked, um, I, I don't know. It just there were so many points that were just spot on in this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I still can't believe like you know how you know how you're going to what type of movie you're getting when they go to get Russell. And not only is Russell um, Rusty Collins from the X-Force, you know, former Morlock character, but they used yeah. the the one like, – like he is referred to as uh, Fire Fists in like one comic in, X Fact- in, in X-Factor like back in the, the 70s or something like that. And that's it. Like that's the only time that he's ever refer- – and that's what he calls himself. It's yeah. like I think most people who haven't listened to um, Jay and Miles explain the X Men would even know what this is, but it is actually right. a thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. And there's so much out there. There's so much information. There's so much material to pull from from the, like the X Men titles over the years, and so much of it is ridiculous that it's perfect for this. It's really, really like there, there's so much you can. Uh, there's so much fodder, mm-hmm. you know, for these kinds of references and jokes. And it's really nice to see that they're using that with Deadpool. God, I wish more people did this. Yes, well, I, I mean, in the in the in the prison, 
The guy comes up. He's like, Black Tom Cassidy. When in the hell did you ever think Black Tom Cassidy was going to be on film? Oh like, when? God. When yes, did you I ever don't... think that this was going to be a thing? When did I ever think I would be excited about Black Tom Cassidy <laughs> in a movie? Like, who gives a shit about Black Tom Cassidy? <laughs> Just the fact that they would do that and they would go there. I again, I screamed. I was like, "Oh my god, that's I know that character." <laughs> yeah, really, oh. really well done. All of these references. Um, I I really wished that it's like the the first part of the story just for me took forever. Yes, like there's good stuff that I know is in store for us. Like, what do you like? Stop with this. It just I was really annoyed by the first arc or the first uh, act. Sorry. Well, and then there's a lot of um, there's a lot of moments there where they they take the joke too too long. Like the joke just doesn't it falls yeah. flat. Like the baby legs, like it had moments, but for it, for one bit to have moments, the bit went on too long. Oh man, I really like the baby legs bit. <laughs> I like parts of I the baby legs, bit, but there was a, like, <laughs> it was like. 15 minutes of baby legs bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, the scene had, you know, the scene had a lot to accomplish. <laughs> um, yeah. But that, that was kind of my note about the humor being very broad. And I've heard people like talk about this. Like, I think I was watching an interview with um, the people who made uh, the hangover Two, And they were just like, you know, you just have this, you feel this uh, pressure to deliver more of the same thing but then at the same time it's like it's almost like with a comedy with 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 a sequel to a comedy you're either going to give the audience the exact same thing you gave them in the first movie Mm -hmm. uh which you know the 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 trap there is they're gonna say oh it's just the same thing it's just the same you know why why did they make this it's just the first movie all over again right or so then you say okay so then the pressure is to make this funnier but you don't want to change it too much because the audience is coming back for a part two for a reason. Right. You know, so it's almost like a no win scenario to make a, a part two or, or a comedy sequel because you don't want to give them just the same thing. But then if you change it too much, they're not going to be satisfied. So you just try to give them more of like, like, like double what the, the you know, double the jokes that the first movie had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where the really broad comedy comes from where it was like, a joke every 30 seconds and you're just like, dude, we just needed half of those, you know, yeah. the, the most, keep the most biting jokes that are like really skewering whatever it is, whatever, you know, your target is. Cause they had, like I said, they had plenty of fodder for that from these ridiculous ass comics that we also happen to love. <laughs> yes. <so. laughs> and and I'm speaking of, 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 you know, there, there is always the set of jokes that, that you get as a fan um, I don't know what this says about me or or my my dislike for Liefeld, but I've <laughs> I have spoken about him so much that my without prompting, my husband got the person who doesn't know how to draw feet joke. Oh wow! Has never <laughs> has never read a Liefeld comic at all and got the joke. I was <laughs> I was very pleased. He's come a long way. Liefeld kind of holds a funny place in my memory because I mean I used to, I started collecting comic books for the art and you know looking at some of his drawings just like oh my god like hello like I'm an artist you know like that's <laughs> you would think that that would be like you know the just like 
reason enough to just write him off and write his comics off. But I have to admit, like when I first started collecting comics, I loved Rob Liefeld for the same reason that he got so popular and so famous. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't until later that I realized, oh, like once I found good comics, I realized that those are bad comics. And so it's it's a kind of thing where it's it's almost like a Rob Liefeld is a shameful part of my past, you know. <laughs> but, but it's but it's still part of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's I can't just like completely write him off because I mean obviously look at where you know look at where Deadpool is now. Um, and I think he did have like a huge influence, but. I just like it, I. I feel more ashamed when I look at those drawings than you know. You you look at those drawings and you're like, ugh, that's disgusting. Like you know, you're just full ridicule. For me, I'm like, oh god, I thought those were good drawings at one point. Like, oh my god, I loved. I, I collected half of those issues. You know, I I I, I read Young Blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing that hopefully this makes you to feel a little bit. Everybody has something in their past that they look back at and go, how how did that? How was that a thing? Yes, congrats, Rob Liefeld. You're that part. Of my <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought you know, besides the story kind of lagging in spots, I thought the ending kind of dragged on a little bit too. That's definitely a joke that I felt was overplayed, which is like, okay, we get it. He's not really dead. Yeah, you know, yeah. like. Um, but other than that, uh, I thought overall, like it's just fun, and I wouldn't mind seeing it again, especially because I know there's a ton of stuff that I missed. Yeah. Yeah, the the biggest thing is is uh, I think, and I, I think you and I have probably been um, accused of this on multiple occasions that we we don't just go in there and enjoy a movie. We do end up analyzing it, and I think that's something. I mean, we get the enjoyment out of it, mm. but I don't know that I feel the need for Deadpool two to do much more than fanboy about it. Because right. I didn't go into it thinking it was going to be some, you know, sociopolitical commentary on anything. Like, it, it didn't need to do – it didn't need to accomplish anything other than to entertain. And I think sometimes it's fun to just be able to go to those movies. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny, too, because he, it, it still does a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he – like, there's definitely a lot of, like, winks – in both Deadpool films about his sexuality and about like, you know, how he, him, you know, how he experiments and like this and that. And it's kind of played, it's, it's like, that's just part of the character. Yeah. You know, it's so normalized. Um, It's not even a thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not even the butt of the joke. It's usually like something on the way to a, a, a punchline. Um, yeah, I was, I was iffy about the whole, like, okay, you know, of course the girlfriend has to die. Of course the the female character from the first film has to die in order to motivate the you know the lead male character. Like, ugh, what are we gonna do with this? Where are we gonna go with this? You know, right? Um, and that and you could tell that's where the first act was going, which is another reason why I wanted it to just like hurry up, mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm, go, mm-hmm. let's get to the funny stuff. Deadpool doesn't need to be anything but funny, right? You know, and the more the more weight, the more dramatic weight you try to give the character, it's just like I feel like you're just you're you're diverting the story from where what its strengths are. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, if and when they do make a part three, they they I'm excited for them to take more chances and for them to just be just lean into you know what is successful about this character the 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 kind of black comedy aspect of this character. I think the violence 
in the first film and in this one are both well placed, mm-hmm. but in this one, because of the broader comedic aspects, it felt like, oh, okay, like that's kind of a weird juxtaposition. Whereas in the first one, it was like, oh, I can't believe they're going there. I can't believe they're doing that. Yeah, it was more novel in the first one. In the second one, I honestly thought it was a little bit more played down as far as the violence goes. Like they didn't, they didn't linger on it. They didn't make it as big of a deal. They, it was just in passing. Huh. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, there was lots of limbs flying. There was, yeah, That's but right. it was kind of like there's limbs flying, but it, it again it was that that so cartoony it was cartoony violence. Yeah, that's true. Um where do you think like where does this character go from here? Like what is what are potentials for the next story? Because they're taking it so far. He fucking took down Green Lantern and like <laughs> shitty Deadpool and in the Wolverine. You know, like how much further can you take this? Well, I think I think that the beginning of Deadpool three, you're gonna either find some sort of time traveling ramifications that he has to deal with, or there's just gonna be like a reason why nothing has happened. Like you know, they're, they're gonna they're gonna get rid of that MacGuffin and it's gonna and it's gonna be done. Like it's gonna be one way or the other. Either the whole next thing is gonna be about time travel, or mm. It's going to be, oh, the machine doesn't work anymore. We're done. Yeah, yeah. But I honestly think it might go because it, it, they made such a big deal about the time travel thing that they're going to they're gonna play on the ridiculousness of continuity issues in X-Men. Like, I wouldn't be surprised oh, right. if we, we get mo- – there's um, – isn't there a comic book about different types of Deadpools? wouldn't be surprised if there was from the secret wars i'm gonna look this up um because i think that's where we got um gwenpool oh <laughs> which i really <laughs> right. i also think might be a great thing for deadpool 3 yeah because it's they have to do something because honestly if it's more of like if it's you know if part two was two times you know what deadpool one was i i, I, I don't know that i'm down for three times what Deadpool 1 was you know like they have I feel like they have to do something different at this point this is I dead it's so hard too because Deadpool 1 was like it did revolutionize a lot it was like an r-rated comic book film you know the, the 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 jokes that they made and the images that they put up on screen and the way that they took down you know the 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 seriousness of the the self-seriousness of like superheroes in general mm-hmm. um it works the first time because that surprise element is there uh, i think they did a really good job you know with this one uh but that being said like that's it like i feel like it, there's only you know there's only so much you can do going forward with that same kind of approach yeah and i think i think maybe they were trying to transition away from that a little bit in the movie I think like they kind of, like I do feel like this was kind of a stepping stone version of um, what we could potentially get in the future. Yeah, yeah. My my big takeaway was definitely the X Men. Yeah. But yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. I would like to see him and and uh, uh, Colossus in a full relationship by the next movie. I think <laughs> I think that's where I think that's where they're going to end up taking it. Um, yeah. Uh, in, um, one of the, I think it's in the ultimate universe. Colossus was gay. Right. Right. So I, I, I see that kind of, I, I think getting more X-Men in there. Who did you think 
was going to be who was the big scary guy locked up before it was revealed to be Juggernaut? Who were some of the people that you went I thought through? it was going to be Juggernaut or Sabretooth. I thought it was going to be Sabretooth. Yeah. And for like a <laughs> split really cool. second when it was opening up, I'm like, oh, it's Sabretooth. And then it was Juggernaut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought Sabretooth. Because I kept thinking like, it's got to be like a Hulk type character. Like who else? You know who I whose name I said because I thought it was I was convinced it was Sabretooth, and then right before it opened up and it came out, I said out loud, "Bedrock." <laughs> Do you know who Bedrock is? I, I have to look at the picture, but I I know that I've I've <laughs> seen I I've seen the character. I know I'm gonna recognize the character, but it's not immediately hitting my. <laughs> Bedrock is Rob Liefeld's uh, big strong guy character from Youngblood from Image Comics. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if they threw him in there? Uh, and then it was Juggernaut. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> and I love that they made Juggernaut huge. Yes. Ooh, like, he's a big-ass CGI character, just like Colossus needs to be a big-ass CGI character. Yes, absolutely. And I, I absolutely love what they do with Colossus. Colossus is exactly what and who she, he should be in, yes. like, in every way. Like, again, gets the character spot on. Now, imagine if this same creative team made an X-Men movie where they were in blue and yellow spandex – you know, and like Cyclops was always brooding. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, and yes. like, you know, Shadowcat was running around being a kid, you know, and and uh, uh, Nightcrawler is like, you know, reciting poetry and like wooing women or whatever the hell he did. And, you know, in Claremont's runs um, like that's that's the X-Men movie that we're ready for. Yes. And this might be the avenue to get it, really. I mean, when you think about it. Yeah, because because we're not yeah, getting we it from. It. I I don't think they're going to do something beyond Dark Phoenix. I I honestly I hope they don't do something beyond Dark Phoenix. I'm kind of hoping. I mean, I always hope for these movies to be successful and you know be good. But if this movie makes money, they're going to keep making yeah. it, Joe. Like I kind of hope it doesn't make money. <laughs> don't go see Dark Phoenix. Well, you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have to have an I know, episode. That's right. <laughs> See, this is why we get what we deserve. Um, <laughs> but seriously, this Matrix Revolution's take on the X-Men has run its course. Yeah, yeah no, and it's it's not – like I'm not – Thanks for talking. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it at all. Thanks, Bryce. Yeah. Um, I hope that when we go, it'll be – it'll be a surprise because again, the expectations are set so low that they'll be able to like, we'll come back and go, okay. All right. They, yeah. When does that come out? Do you know? Um, Cause it, I feel like it's been talked about forever. I'm not sure. And did you find any, did you find any info on, on, um, Gwenpool? On Gwenpool? I didn't, <laughs> I looked at on multiple, but that okay. would be, Amazing. Uh, February 14th, 2019. Valentine's Day of next year. Okay. And then in March, we get uh, Captain Marvel. Yes. Um, and is is Solo's next? And then after that, probably Ant-Man and Wasp. I think so. Maybe? I think so. We're going to be busy. We're going to be busy, wow. especially if we start adding in. And Rob, I hope, like, I know we've kind of talked about it, but I hope he's listening and hope he's like, yes, he's on board. Um, if we add in the preview episodes, I think we'll, we'll have a lot of fun. Mm. 
yeah, this is going to be great. There's so much to cover. Um, yeah, I'm not excited about Dark Phoenix. We'll see. I mean, obviously, we're going to go see it. Is that the one we were going to go see together? Or was it? No, um, you're going to you're going to hold uh, me during New, New Mutants. Mutants. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. Uh, when is that coming out? That's oh, I'm so excited to see that with you. I'm, I'm more excited about seeing it with you than I'm about seeing the. But here's movie. here's the question for um for you are it's August second, so it's over the summer. So that's not okay. too bad. Yeah, oh, perfect. Um, do yeah. you like scary movies in general? Um, I do. Well, no, you know what? Let me. Of course, like any fucking movie nerd, insufferable movie nerd, I have to like. I can't just answer that question, <laughs> yes or no. Do I like scary movies? I like good movies. I like movies that I think are, are good and that, you know, do what I need story-wise. And if it's a Western or if it's a horror movie or if it's sci-fi or if it's romance, whatever, if it if it's a good story, then I like it. So I'm not that person that is going to go watch a film just because a scary movie is out and, oh, I like all the tropes of scary movies. As long as people, as long as teenagers are dying, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I'm not that kind of horror movie okay fan. but you're not a because i feel like horror movies are one of those things where either you like them like you're, you're willing to go see them or you're not willing to go see them because I, my my oh, husband yeah. is very much not willing to go see horror films and there was a preview for heredity before our showing of deadpool okay yeah and it looks so disturbingly weird that I'm like, I really want to go see it, but I never have anybody to go see scary movies with <laughs> because nobody. Oh yeah. No, I'm down to go see okay. scary movies. All right. for sure. So we'll have to go see scary movies. I get really excited. Yeah. I get really excited when I, when a, a new horror film is coming out and it, cause I'm extremely skeptical of, of, upon like the first announcement. And then once I start to hear that it's getting good reviews, I get extremely excited. It's going to be it, – it, I there's there's so much good – there's so much – I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but there's so much film coming out over the next couple of years that I'm excited about. Yeah. I, I it, It's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> so this – yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about how this is a spoiler cast. So um, I'm wondering in terms of like looking forward to future films, I've heard a couple rumblings – I've seen online. I haven't had the chance to really read anything yet and do some serious research, but I've seen on Twitter and, and somewhere else online, someone mentioned that um, the, the, the villain that both Deadpool and the current X-Men universe are building towards is Mr. Sinister. Yeah, because there was um, a reference to that in, was it Logan? No, no, the last, uh, it was an apocalypse. Yes, yes. And... Because um, Deadpool kind of hints at Cable's convoluted story, and Cable being a Summers boy. Yeah. Well, and one, well, right. and then the the orphanage is an Essex orphanage, which yes. is is again yeah. Mister Sinister. But that yeah. that in and of itself, whoever thought that Mister Sinister would be the penultimate bad guy? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that because again, like you basically have a glam rock bad guy. Yes. I remember seeing him in the cartoon going, Oh, this guy's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> but it wasn't until he was walking around and talking and you know, that I, Oh, what is his outfit? Even that doesn't make no. any sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does he sit down? Well, that's maybe that's why he's so angry, Ray. 
Like his legs must be really tired. <laughs> You, oh, you don't understand man. the struggle he goes through to to be fashionable. <laughs> yeah, fashion, no kidding, fashion is not right. comfort. Okay, but isn't then that makes Mister Sinister like the perfect villain for Deadpool? Yeah, right? it really it really is. He he because they can just make fun of him. So the the faster that they can take Deadpool and make them him the X Men gateway um the better off we will all be that was another person i thought maybe it, like i would have been very impressed if it was um magneto like mm. i didn't think it was going to be but there's for a split second where i was like i would be very impressed if this was like michael fassbender like if he was actually then like did a cameo that nobody was expecting yeah yeah when is fox going to get to the point of uh, you know um des- desperation where they're going to start to Weave these two franchises. I think they've passed it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I could see them already sort of prepping audiences for that. I, I, it would make me a very, very happy person. Yeah. No kidding. That's really like, that's what needs to happen next. And then just, you know, let, let Marvel do fantastic four justice and we're all good. Yeah, did you hear that? Uh, that uh, it sounds like the Fox thing's not going through. That somebody came in and and got the 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 company out from under Disney. Yeah, I heard that. There's there's kind of a. It's I haven't heard any definitive news yet, but they're saying that there is another major player kind of in in the in the ring now. Yeah. That that's a bummer, man. I mean, I don't know. I, I At the same time, we're all kind of, you know, regardless, we're all moving towards the Ministry of Entertainment from, you know, uh, 1984. It's going to be just this huge Big Brother conglomerate thing that controls everything, all the media we consume. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, you know, but, you know, there's got to be a silver lining there somewhere. Fantastic Four movies, man. Just give me, <laughs> <laughs> give me my comic book movies and share. No problem, Big Brother. We'll, we'll watch from our island in, uh, in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Anything else we haven't covered that you wanna wanna throw out there? Uh, no, man. I mean, I'm I feel really spoiled by you know when movies like this come out. You know, we complain a lot when when you know the Justice League comes out or whatnot. Um, but you know, when a movie like this, Deadpool is such a I mean, I, I know he's a, a lot of people's favorite character growing up, but in terms of like the, the bigger scope of like the Marvel universe, he was never like a huge major player, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which I think, I think was, you know, the whole point of Deadpool kills the Marvel universe that, that what if a uh, special. Um, so it's just really cool to see that we can get um, a movie like this, a franchise like this going that does this character really well, straight from the comics, really good stories. Um, and just like more, more importantly than anything else, like just so much fun for the audience, Absolutely. you know? So yeah, keep, keep more of these, please. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll sign up for those. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any shout outs this week? Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to give a, a kind of a belated shout out because I did mention some, um, young artists that I'm really inspired by, um, that I actually, I, I it's too many to list right now off the top of my head. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some of that info, links to their work. So if people want to go on the the website to to check them out, they can do that. Yeah, please. Yeah, throw, go ahead and throw them in the in the show notes, and we'll make sure that they get up there. Okay, so follow follow the show notes, uh, the links at the show notes, and you'll see who my shout out is to this week. 
Very cool. Um, along those cool. lines, I'd like to send a shout out to um, to a set of students. Well, basically all the all the women, both alumni and current students that I have been talking to about theater lately, because um, you know they provide a very important perspective that I'm trying to take into consideration because I don't always know that that they they are getting that chance to to, to weigh in on on that kind of stuff. And so um, I, I very much appreciate how how much they're willing to be patient with me and, <laughs> and sm- smack me in my privilege. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm just want to you know thank uh, Ms. Ghana and uh, Marturia and Desiree um, and Micah because they are always the my they were my four go to ladies to you know kind of kind of give me a perspective that I don't always have. Super important. Yes. Uh, next week, I think we're doing solo, right? That's, that's probably <laughs> oh, yeah. what our next thing is. <laughs> that's right. We're doing solo. You're, I'm doing Calrissian, but you're, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna spoil the hell out of solo next week. I will, we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm very curious. We'll see. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. It is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, runningshoes.tv. Make sure you check out the last episode of the comic box and uh, tea time with Katie and Chelsea and make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. Also join us on, on um, Slack where we have amazing, wonderful conversations. Katie just posted pictures of her with James Marsters. I was very jealous. Um, and, uh, and we have all sorts of fun little conversations going on over there. Uh, you can currently find us at geektoon.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? Uh, as always, I am at RayVargas3, uh, either on my website, RayVargas3.com, or across social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr, all at backslash Ray Vargas three, and I literally just right now signed into Slack, so you'll be able to find me uh, on Slack as well. Yay! You heard <laughs> it here first, folks. That <laughs> just happened right now. Just happened on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will be back next week. Go out, see Solo. Come back and tell us what you think. And until then, remember this week: keep it geek. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to... Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? (sighs) Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. 
that theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out. <laughs>